Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Lots to get into. We're obviously going to start with Peyton Pierce committing to the Buckeyes last night. High four-star linebacker. Now the Buckeyes have two of the top 15 linebackers in the country in the 2024 class, along with Garrett Stover, now with Peyton Pierce. I absolutely love this. The James Laurinaitis, James Laurinaitis effect in effect. Um, your thoughts on Peyton Pierce becoming a Buckeye backs? Well, I've been saying for a while that, yay, I'm thrilled that we're landing all these five-star receivers and elite quarterbacks and blah, blah, blah. I want to see defensive players. I've been that guy. And I'll tell you right now, we only have two defensive players out of our 10 commitments. But like you said, both of them are two of the top 15 linebackers in the country. Uh, this is another top 25 Texas player, uh, top 150 in the country. This has been a clear target for Ohio State for a while right now. So this is a great pickup for the Buckeyes. This is that we need to start seeing elite defensive players coming to Columbus every single year, the way we see elite offensive players come to Columbus. So Laurinaitis effect, whatever you want to call it, this is good. We are still at an eight to two ratio. So let's start getting some corners and some D linemen in here, but I certainly cannot complain one bit. This is a great pickup for Ohio state. I love looking at the rankings now. Number two class in the country, Georgia. Jumping over uh, Michigan and uh, number two class in the country, as you mentioned, like 10 recruits in the class, two defensive recruits, uh, both linebackers. But listen, I, I mean, I like I love Ohio State's chances of getting Bryce West mm-hmm. uh, and Aaron Scott. I mean, the two yeah. best players from Ohio. I mean, Bryce West from Glenville, Aaron Scott right down the road here, Springfield. I mean, right down the road. I mean, about a half hour down the road from Hilliard. But um, number four corner in the country is Bryce West. Number nine mm. corner in the country is Aaron Scott. And, you know, the Dean and the Fong have put crystal balls in for the Buckeyes to land both of them. So it's just going to mm. get better from here as far as defensive recruiting. And that's the thing we've been talking about for a while is, is that if you look back a couple years ago, we got a lot of elite corners from Ohio. We got Gary on Conley. We got Denzel Ward, right? We got Marshawn Lattimore. These were Ohio bred guys. And the elite corners from Ohio that we've been waiting for, we really haven't seen. So 
this is a big deal that in one class you have two top 10 corners from the state of Ohio. It's not an, remotely an overstatement to say that we absolutely need to land both of them. They're critical items for Ohio State in this recruiting class. And uh, I think at this point, you know, it sounds like we're moving in the right direction. And, you know, once we land them, then we'll start wondering about where the D-linemen are. But we'll get there, I'm sure. Uh, needless to say, this is this is looking like we could be moving towards some good defensive additions to the class. Uh, obviously, there's no question that the offensive part of the class is really great. But like we've we've talked about this for a couple of years now. We always expect an elite QB. We always expect multiple elite receivers. Generally, there's a high end running back in the class. So, you know, let's see these defensive players. And you know, when you have two top ten corners in your home state, that should be a layup. So, let's see it. I'm optimistic. I was gonna say I'm I'm very optimistic. Am I am I too optimistic? I mean, I'm you know it's recruiting. You know, I, I don't want to say Bryce West and uh, Aaron Scott are in the bag, but I feel extremely good about it like where are you at with those two guys same boat I, I think they're Ohio State's to lose if we lose either one something catastrophic happened then uh there's needs to be like one of those like what what just happened like we need to have like a like a biddle commission to make sure that like you know we we, we get to the bottom of how this happened um that's up there it'll be a uh, lot more accurate than the Warren Commission I promise you that uh does the bullet go like this uh you know yeah. anyways uh the, 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 it won't be the Zapruder film it'll be the Bax film Where's Harbaugh? But like at the end of the day, you have to get those two. Period. You have to. You have two top ten corners in state. You only have seven scholarship corners. You need those two. Period. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, switch gears from recruiting. Let's talk spring game. So we, I mean, like we're like so into recruiting right now. We're three days away from the spring game. Let's talk about it. We're gonna meet with Ryan Day later today. Uh, after practice, practice is not open to the media. One of the few practices that has not been open to the, open to the media, which, uh, you know, it's been awesome this spring. But we'll get a chance yeah, right? to Ryan Day today around 11 a.m. So keep it locked to Bucknuts to that. We'll have, uh, you know, video and uh, everything Ryan Day had to say. But the spring game, let's focus on that. Like, what do you think – is there much we're going to learn from the spring game on Saturday? Like, what are you looking forward to the most, Bax? Uh, I am looking forward the most to – uh, getting to see who rotates where, doing what on the offensive line. I think that's the part I'm interested in. Look, this isn't set up for them to succeed, right? Anytime a pinky touches the quarterback, it's a sack, right? So, you know, we have to factor that in. But I want to see how these guys hold up. I want to say, like, you know, if we're looking at it from somewhat of a game situation, are they actually able to hold their blocks? Are they actually able to work together? Uh, you know, we've heard a lot about these great defensive ends from Ohio State. I would like to see Kenyatta Jackson get a couple – of, uh, of big plays that would be great but at the end of the day I want to see the O-line because we got to make sure that we keep McCord upright uh well going into the season and look we know this is going to be like a day where the quarterbacks throw for 7,000 yards because that's how it always go um but at the end of the day I, I think for Ohio State this is a really good opportunity to see where the O-line is and a little part of me is also really excited to see if the corners are any better because they're not in a great position to succeed either. There's not a ton of a pass rush. There's going to be a lot of very milquetoast defenses, if you will, right? So at the end of the day, um, I want to see Davinson Igmanos, and I want to see that Burke is healthy. I want to see Hancock out there. There's a lot I want to see, I guess. So pretty much everything. And by the way, if the weather's really good, we may be seeing a near spring game attendance record. The record was 96,000. I was at that game. It was, I believe, 2009. It was the year that Pryor was coming off of the uh, – um, I think it was the year before we won the won the Rose Bowl with Terrell Pryor. 96,000 people. Going into Pryor's sophomore year. Yep. Yep. And uh, I got incredibly sunburned at that spring game. I vividly remember that. But 
Uh, I think if the weather holds and it is as good as it looks like it could be Saturday, you know, we could see a hundred K in the shoe. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, yeah. Well, now they're saying there could be some rain, but yeah, it was looking. 70 oh no. I, I bet it's, this is just the, the, the generic like, Apple app, the, the weather app. This is generic. I, I, now I, we're I, all I, looking I, up I to see what we got. Like, National there. weather service right now. It's saying 75 on Saturday with a 50% chance of rain. I looked at that a few hours ago. It said like no rain on Saturday. Yeah. Like a perfect day. If it's um, 75 is the high and there's no rain, we will see over 90,000 people in the horseshoe. I feel very confident of that. Yeah. So that's what we'll learn. Well, the Buckeye fans are crazy about Buckeye football. Oh, wait, we already knew that. All right. <laughs> so let's get. So one thing I'm hearing that I absolutely from like impeccable sources that I absolutely love. I mentioned this on the show. I don't know if you and I have talked about it, but I'm hearing that like the Buckeyes are definitely going to go after two offensive tackles in the portal when the next window opens, they know exactly who they are and they're confident they're going to land one of them. And I don't have names as I've said on the show. Even if I did, I probably wouldn't like throw them out there anyway, but um, Mm -hmm. I have it on good authority that they're um, feeling good about their chances of landing at least one good offensive tackle in the portal. Your thoughts, Bax? My thoughts are we could sleuth our way into figuring out who this is. Go find an elite tackle at a pro at a smaller program that isn't really happy with it. And that's the guys that we should be looking at here. Uh, but at the end of the day, yes, we need that. Absolutely, we need that. And I also think it says what the coaches are sort of thinking when it comes to the the tackle battle that we're looking at between Shabola and Mahalski is that, okay, that's fine, but is this good enough? So, you know, I think for Ohio State, this is a position that we all thought was a real one of need. So I'm happy that we're looking for at least one tackle. Um, and then there's people out there who be like, oh, it's tampering. Oh, this happens all the time. There are, these kids are all on Instagram talking to each other. They all have representatives and uncles. It's just the way it is. It's not tampering. It's just kids are there and they're looking for better opportunities. And if Ohio State sees someone that they think will improve the football team, I can guarantee you Ryan Day is going to do everything he can to improve the football team because he knows, just like we do, that he needs to win the game this year. And by the way, he has one of the hardest schedules in the country this year. So, Yeah. Load up for Bear. Let's go. Yeah, he was on the job for like two weeks in Atlanta, Justin Fields. You know, and if Urban was still the coach, as much as I love Urban, they got, Buckeyes wouldn't have got Justin Fields. Like Tate Martell probably would have been the starter that year. And Ryan Day was on the job for like two weeks. He brings in Justin Fields. Like, yeah, like, yeah. He knows how to get this done. <laughs> Tate Martell. You know, I've had some, I've had heard some crazy things in my day, like people saying that Tate Martell was better than Justin Fields. I don't know what kind of fool would say that, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think Ryan Day knows what he's doing when it comes to quarterbacks, and I yeah. think Ryan Day is going to have an excellent offense. And I think Ryan Day also knows to have his quarterbacks perform at a prime level, they need to get the best possible protection, and that's why we're looking at offensive tackles right now. All right, let's get into the – we have a very interesting thread on the front row message board about a talented young man from Ohio, Brian Robinson. He's ranked as the number four player in the state of Ohio in the 2024 class, raw. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, some people think he has a high ceiling. It's very, very polarizing. Like I – as I said on the board, like I will defer to Mark Porter. Here's the whole list of people that know more about Ohio football talent than Mark Porter end of list like yeah nobody, like he knows long pause <laughs> like mark porter won and then i don't know who's second but like mark porter is number one so like 
And Mark, to his credit, is not going to trash the kid on the board or anything. But, like, if you read between the lines, he's basically saying, like, Ohio State doesn't really, like, think this kid's that good. Um, now, could they be wrong? Perhaps. Recruiting's not an exact science. Mr. Baxendale, curious your thoughts on this. Young man is from Austintown Fitch. He is a talented young man. There's no doubt about that. Six foot five, defensive end, could grow into a D tackle, kind of a tweener. Ohio State's not offered him. He's probably going to end up at Michigan. Your thoughts on yep. the whole Brian Robinson debate? Where do you come down on this? Uh, the, this is one of those ones where I think Ohio free every now and then there's a guy that cycles through Ohio that looks like Tarzan, and you wonder, does he play like Jane? Um, you know, we, we saw that before. Remember Taco Charlton? Whenever Taco Charlton was recruiting the state I remember, of Ohio. And then Isaiah Prince made him a first-round pick. Yeah. Yep. And so Taco was a guy, though, for three years, didn't do much in the game against us. He's one of those guys we thought was a little overrated. Uh, another one of those ones that we almost lost and then won was Zach Harrison, and it took him largely until his last year to really get it together. If you're Ohio State, here's the real out reality of the situation. You're going to take a risk if you let him go away to Michigan that he turns into a super duper duper star with the physical attributes this kid has. He's already six foot five and two sixty, you know, but he, he hasn't played as, as long as a lot of these other guys. He's super duper raw. He's one of those guys that you're kind of banking on that you can develop. Flip side of the equation is, is if you're Ohio State, do you want to wait two more years for a kid to develop and get on the field when you might have more ready made options available elsewhere? It, it's it's just a, a question that you have to think about in terms of development. So, yeah, the kids ranked pretty high in the state of Ohio right now. But, you know, is that just based on, wow, look at the physique. We'll look at the physical tools. You know, a lot of guys can look amazing physically and aren't football players. So with Robinson, that's the big question mark right now. And I don't have a side that I'm coming down on here. I don't know more than Mark Porter about the kid, right? I don't know more about him than the Austin Town Fitch people, right? But that's the conversation that's gone on around him is, is that, you know, we see the physical tools. Is he a football player? Will those physical tools translate into football? Because there's been plenty of guys who are incredible track athletes that stunk at football, right? There have been plenty of guys that are the first guy off the bus. And you're like, wow, look at that guy. And then you never see him on the field. So that's kind of the debate with Brian Robinson right now. And this is one where, like, we all see him. He's ranked third or fourth in the state. And the people who look at the numbers only are like, they're also the same ones that are worried about the Thompson twins. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I think that we have to trust that the coaches know what they're doing with kids in the state of Ohio. Right. Um, I, for one, know that if you go through the rankings, you look, or the Armstrong twins, sorry, not Thompson twins. I don't know why I said that. Um, yeah. The Armstrong twins, right. They're ranked lower than this guy. And there's a lot of people look at the rankings and go, Oh my God, why would we take those kids when that kid's on the board? Well, the reality is, the Armstrong twins to me are like, they were the number one most get thing in Ohio to me. Right. For like the last year. Right. So where their rankings are right now? Right. Yeah, you get two of them. They, they, this is essentially the Pouncy twins. I don't understand the rankings on them. You want to talk about rankings I don't understand? Why the Armstrong twins aren't both top five kids in the state of Ohio? I don't get. So I'll defer to the people who know more about recruiting rankings, or the recruiting side of it than me. We have plenty of experts, but just – using mine own eyes and 20 years of being a, a very close observer of recruiting in Ohio. I don't get why those two aren't ranked higher personally. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I bet their rankings will continue to go up. I, I imagine it's because they were both like about 215 pounds uh, as a sophomore and they, they're still growing into their bodies. I actually like that though. That tells me they've yeah. got a very high ceiling. They're There's runway. Hell. And, <laughs> 
Buckeyes are getting two of them. Um, yeah. So I, I really – I'm with you on that 100%. I'm going to get you out of here on this. So um, one thing I'm going to ask Ryan Day later today is about the defensive backfield. I, I love these corners. Um, I think, my gosh, I mean, Denzel Burke looks good. All the talk people are thinking about, oh, Denzel Burke. He did have a sophomore slump. There's no doubt about it. And there was all this hype from the coaches and his teammates. He looks the part this spring. So I'm, I'm excited about Denzel Burke. Jordan Hancock's been running with the ones. And dare I say, backs, uh, Davis and Igbenosin might be better than both of them. Like, I love the top three. And then Jair Brown's looking good, too. Jair Brown's playing outside corner boundary mm-hmm. and field and doing some slot corner as well. So Jair Brown's going to be out, out there a lot. I like those four corners. Get into that. But I also want you to get into the safeties. I mean, there's no way Sonny Styles right now, Sonny Styles is running with the twos. You know, I mean, that can't happen. That can't happen, right? Josh Proctor's running with the ones. Get into the DBs. Like, what, what are your thoughts on the corners and the safeties? If Sonny Styles doesn't start, something stupid is happening. That's what's going on. Like, I don't get that at all. That's nuts to me. We saw the kids' blatant physical tools. You saw him do well against Georgia in the national semifinal on the field. This is a kid who should have been in high school last year. Uh, yeah, that kid needs to play. To get him on the field now because he's got like one more year before he's off to the league. So right. why are we waiting? Meanwhile, what, so we can play a fifth-year senior in Josh Proctor who – Sixth Even if you think senior. he's yeah, yeah ninth year senior, like he's been around forever. Like if you think Proctor and Styles are even close, you play Styles. I don't even understand why there'd be a debate. Uh, corners, let's be a little happier here. I love Jair Brown. This is a kid that you know he came in last year as a true freshman. He competed to just do whatever he could to get out there, but he's willing to play wherever he can just to get on the field. I love that attitude, and I also think the other thing is if you look back when Ohio State was stacking corners every year, you had young corners that were doing that. And they kind of took a little bit of lumps in the slot. They kind of took a little bit of lumps figuring it all out. But they were out there getting some of those reps, especially in crunch time. I mean, guys, Gary on Conley's first year, he wasn't good. Right. And then he got on the field after and kind of figured it out and then turned into a first-round pick, right? Uh, that's what these guys do is they take their lumps. Marshawn Lattimore was injured for two years, so he didn't really get to do that. But if you look at some of the other guys, Burke came out and Burke got early reps and Burke played wherever he had to get – not Burke, Ward. Sorry, we have two Denzels. It's throwing me off. Ward got on the field, and he played a bunch of different positions before we finally settled as a boundary guy. Guess what? The end of the day, you have to get these young guys out there. So J.R. Brown just wants to play. I love that about him. Get him out there. Get him Get him his reps. Get him his lumps. And he's going to grow into a guy that's going to be a really good corner for us when it's all said and done. You need that depth. Um, and then I guess – I don't know. I, I think we kind of hit on it with Sonny Styles. I think we both think he needs to play, right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to get uh, Coach Day's thoughts about that later this morning, late this morning. Ryan Day, 11 a.m. Keep it locked to Bucknuts. Thanks to the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his award-winning column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thanks again to Bax. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 